The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, a new poll carried out by the New York Times and Siena College looking at the 2024 presidential election shows that former President Donald Trump has a resounding lead over the rest of his Republican nominee hopefuls. The poll shows that Trump stands at 54% compared to his closest running mate, Ron DeSantis, who stands on 17%. Meanwhile, the property manager of Donald Trump's Florida estate has made his first court appearance to face charges that he helped the former U.S. president conceal the top-secret government documents. Carlos de Oliveira, age 56, is accused of conspiring to obstruct justice, destroying evidence and making false statements, was released pending trial on a bond of $100,000. Now, Mr. de Oliveira did not enter a plea because he's not yet retained a local attorney. But here is former Trump lawyer Michael Cohn, talking to CNN. This is so part of the Trump playbook uh, that when I heard it on television, it didn't surprise me at all. Everybody running around, you got to take care of the boss, do what the boss says. You know, this is not unusual for Donald Trump to want to get rid of documentation to delete stuff. And the real question that we have to ask is what documents does he have? What documents did he show to people? You know, is this his id? Is it his ego? Was it in order to be able to show off with letters like from Vladimir Putin or Kim Jong-un? And the answer to that is no. And I stated that I believe that there's more nefarious reasons that Donald is keeping these documents. And I'm, I'm shocked and I'm appalled that there are still people that are supporting him. When you under, when we must understand that he is placing our national security in co- in complete chaos simply for his own personal benefit. <laughs> I've, I, I'm, I'm sadly I've made this statement to many different people, starting with like Rudy Kaludi, Giuliani, and so many others. Walt Nada, run, Carl, run, run his fast. First of all, he's not going to get you an attorney. He's not going to pay for the attorney. You may have just seen that with the settlement that I just. Uh, was engaged in. He's not going to pay for it unless you stay on message. And if you stay on message, you will end up behind bars. And that's Michael Cohen. Now, joining me to talk about all of this is law lecturer with the University of Galway and columnist with the journal.ie, Larry Donnelly. Larry, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, first of all, Michael Cohen, um, he's been there, done that, (laughs) uh, sounding a salutary warning to those who are also charged. Don't depend on the boss to pay your legals unless you stay on message, and if you do, you're lying and you'll end up behind bars. Yeah, I mean, I think what Michael Cohen says there is pretty unassailable. As you say, he's been there, done that, uh, and he's in very much in a position to know Donald Trump's M.O. Uh, I think the tactic here by Jack Smith and his team really is to seek uh, to see if they can get this hotel manager uh, to flip over. I mean, he's facing some fairly serious charges. If he can testify to the effect of what exactly Donald Trump asked him to do and what he that pertained to, um, that would be pretty lethal uh, in terms of Donald Trump and you know what, how this thing all winds up. But as you say, Pat, in the intro to the segment, none of this, absolutely none of this, seems to have any impact whatsoever on the Republican primary electorate. His numbers, to me, even if you're a Donald Trump fan, that he is that far ahead with all this stuff swirling around and the negative taste that's leaving in people's mouths, that he's still so far ahead is absolutely astonishing. Now, the problem for uh, the Republican wannabes is that they are so far behind, um, they've got to keep on raising money. That's one of the issues. 
and the money may flee if it perceives that they don't really have a chance. Yeah, and we, we see that with Ron DeSantis in particular, uh, who's recently laid off a number of campaign staff. Uh, now they're trying to spin this as if, the, you know, there's going to be a lean and mean campaign that they expected these sorts of things, et cetera. That this is a process of trial and error. Uh, but make no mistake, Ron DeSantis is in trouble. Uh, a lot of us, you know, myself included, thought that Ron DeSantis would be near enough to neck and neck with Donald Trump uh, at this stage. Uh, he's very, very far behind. And one thing I, th- I thought was interesting was he's in New Hampshire this week. And instead of playing the cultural wars uh, drum over and over again, which doesn't seem to be resonating to the extent he thought it might, uh, he instead is moving to business platform and the economy. Uh, One wonders if that will have any impact, but uh, one would be doubtful given everything we've seen so far. Now, one of the mystifying things about this race for the Republican nomination is why people are being so nice to Trump. Now, I understand they feel the base will turn on them if uh, they take him on. But even if they kind of just sound the noise that this man is basically unelectable, um, you know, at the midterms as president, he did badly. He then failed to get reelected. This guy, uh, whether we love him or not, and whether he wants to make America great again or not, whether he's strong on immigration or not, the point is he won't get elected. And therefore, um, they could, you know, say with sadness, I'm sorry, Mr. Trump, I'm competing against you because you are not electable. And that might be a platform that would appeal without running him down. But also, some of them should be saying, this guy's a liability, this guy's a crook, he should not have the Republican nomination. Well, at least one or two of them are making that latter point. Uh, sadly, that cha- for, you know, from one point of view, that they're, they're candidates without much of a chance. Asa Hutchinson, the former governor of Arkansas, has said these things very strongly. Chris Christie, I expect to get on that line uh, as well. But they are so far back in the polls, it's impossible for me to see them getting any uh, traction. Um, yes, the way that the messaging that you suggest is exactly. Uh, what if I were advising one of the, any of the other Republican candidates, uh, that's exactly the line that I would be urging them to take, effectively saying to the people, uh, Donald, we love you. You did a great job as president. You delivered on so many things, but we need to advance our agenda. And sadly, because of this persecution, and they can go right ahead and say it, call it a persecution by the Department of Justice, call it whatever you need to, to, to call it, that we need to move on, sadly. But this is the real politic of the situation. But the reality, Pat, is that they are so frightened because uh, Donald Trump's you know, greatest political asset, I think, is the fact that he plays the game by different rules and he enjoys absolutely fanatical support. And they are so wary of crossing uh, that base in any way, in any way in which Donald Trump could seek to malign them and say they're disloyal, et cetera, uh, because they know that that's potentially very dangerous. Now, I still think that if they don't do that, uh, then they're doomed uh, you know, to fail. Uh, but they are just very, very wary of that situation. Mm-hmm. And also uh, what could happen to Republicans down the ballot as well uh, is another issue. Um, where is the Republican Party of Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney and, and the like? Where has that um, cohort gone? It hasn't died off. It's still there. But what are they thinking? What are they doing? 
it's it's still there, but he, here's the issue: um, the, the the base slowly but generally moved, but 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 surely moved away from that school of Republican thinking. So they would have backed, you know, these kind of Republicans now who are with Trump. They would have backed Ronald Reagan enthusiastically. They would have backed uh, George Bush Sr. enthusiastically. But time and events changed their thinking greatly. Uh, And in this regard, I mean, if you recall, listeners may recall, Pat Buchanan's insurgent challenge to George Bush Sr. Pat Buchanan lost uh, the battle, but he won the war. Today's Republican Party, insofar as it's very culturally conservative, it's inward looking, it's abandoned many of the traditional conservative principles that they used to be. Uh, That's where they are uh, now. Uh, And people like Cheney and Bill Kristol and others, uh, they keep shouting, they get an awful lot of media attention. But the thing is, very few Americans think like that, like them anymore. And that's down in large part to the failed military uh, invasions in in the Middle East and all that caused that that rot, and also uh, economic globalization and the tremendous amount of people who've been left behind in the United States. Hmm. Now, um, looking at uh, the poll, Trump on 54%, um, DeSantis 17%, so 37 uh, point spread. But when you look at the others, Pence on 3%, a 51 point lead for Trump. Scott the same, Haley the same, uh, Ramaswamy even a greater gap of 52% and Chris Christie uh, the same. Um, what happens next in this Republican race? Well, I think all of these candidates, they're banking on one thing. They're banking on something happening in terms of the legal process and the multiple legal troubles that Donald Trump faces, that they will ultimately take him down. Either that, you know, the trials will be ongoing, that he'll be so ensnared in all of this uh, that it'll make him really hard for him to campaign. And or that there might be what you might call a great awakening. That is, Republicans might say, wait a second, you know, as we talked about a minute ago, we love you, Donald, but this is getting too dangerous. This is there's too great of a chance of Joe Biden being reelected here. And that's not something you want to fathom. That's why they're all hanging around there or thereabouts. Uh, and indeed, uh, the comparison has been made. Uh, I don't think it's a great one. But between Ron DeSantis, where Ron DeSantis and uh, Donald Trump are right now versus where Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were uh, in 2007, Obama was way behind in the polls. But lo and behold, he caught fire and got, went ahead. Now, I, I don't think Ron DeSantis is any Barack Obama, but that's one hope that I think his people will be hanging their hats on. I suppose we should remember the, the primaries and uh, all of that. The caucuses are, what, five months away. So it's a, a, still a long way to go and a week is a long time in politics. And who knows uh, what else may uh, come to pass. But anyway, uh, people hoping rather than expecting uh, Trump to, to, to stumble at this stage. What about the Democrats then? Are they really delighted that Trump looks like odds on for the Republican nomination? I think there are, there are two ways. I, I think generally speaking, behind closed doors, yes, I think most Democratic operatives are. I think they see uh, Joe Biden, who is very vulnerable. I mean, his favorability ratings are still just below 40 percent. An awful lot of Democrats aren't very enthused about him running again. Uh, so behind closed doors, I think that they are happy because I think they know that the one thing that can rally progressives, et cetera, and people who are disenchanted with Biden to some extent, the one thing that can rally them uh, is the prospect of Donald Trump back in the White House uh, again. But at the same time, I also think that there is a little bit of a fear behind, also behind closed doors that because of Biden's multiple vulnerabilities, because, as you say, anything can happen in politics, because if the economy were to go south or inflation to get to get worse, some Americans might say, uh, look, we're going to go back to Donald Trump. And from that point of view, that's a prospect that is really unfathomable. Now, what about Biden and his son Hunter's difficulties? 
Um, are they impacting on the Democratic Party? Uh, I mean, the Republicans would like to make as much hay out of those difficulties as possible. Uh, are they impacting on uh, Democratic support for Joe Biden? No, no, the, the polling hasn't shown that at all. If anything, the polling as of late has showed that Democrats uh, are starting to rally around Biden. I think the inevitability factor has probably crept in. I also think that uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. was getting some interest, was getting some support. But those uh, remarks he made at a cocktail party uh, in New York about the pandemic and uh, certain uh, people being immune from it, et cetera, uh, I think that probably cemented in the minds of some Democrats who might be willing to give him a chance that this guy is too much of a kook to, to vote for. Now, the the question for uh, the American electorate is, you know, the vice president is only a heartbeat away from the presidency. Uh, Donald Trump has uh, shown no indication yet as to uh, who he would like to bring on board. And that's part of the courting process, I suppose, all of these candidates not attacking their leader because they hope for preferment, should he be the, the candidate. Um, Joe Biden, on the other hand, has a vice president, Kamala Harris. Um the heartbeat away, you know, there are elements in American society who would still feel maybe apprehensive about Kamala Harris by reason of her sex, by reason of other things. I don't know. By reason of her performance as VP, um, they might have reservations. Um, does her presence on the ticket uh, hamper Biden? Uh, I, I'm not I'm not so sure it hampers him because much has been made in American politics over the years about the, the vice president. Uh, I think at the end of the day, people vote for uh, the top person who's in charge. But look, there is continuing speculation that because Harris is so unfavorable, I mean, her her, her numbers are lower uh, than Biden's even, that she could be you know supplanted on the ticket. Uh, I think that that's unlikely. And the reason I say that is because if people remember back to 2020, uh, Joe Biden came in fourth in Iowa. He came in fifth in New Hampshire. Uh, a lot of uh, observers, myself included, were writing his political obituary. The fact is that in South Carolina, where African-Americans are a huge part uh, of the primary electorate, they came back, they rallied around uh, Joe Biden, and that's why he won the Democratic nomination and ultimately the president, uh, presidency. So I think from a real politique point of view, uh, I would say it would be highly, highly unlikely uh, that, Joe, that Joe Biden would drop uh, an African-American woman uh, from the ticket. I just don't think that's going to happen. Mm. Is there any possibility that she will walk away herself unilaterally? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I know from a lot of people uh, who've worked with her, who've been involved in politics with her, that she is uh, one of the most dogged, most ambitious politicians around. Uh, I, I would see that as a very, very highly unlikely. Mm. And finally, I suppose there'll be PhD theses written about the lack of performance by Kamala Harris trying to explain. Um, certainly on this part of, the, from our perspective here in this part of the world, uh, an invisibility that may be less obvious in the United States. Maybe she's on the nightly news more frequently, but I don't see her much on CNN. No, it's not. And that, there's two reasons for that. First is that Kamala Harris, for whatever reason, uh, and you speculated there a few minutes ago, but for whatever reason, she's one of these politicians who it's seemingly, uh, the more people get to know her, uh, the less they like her. Remember, she got in for president last time around. She raised a ton of money, 
huge crowd at her, at her announcement, but she was gone a, a month later. So I think that's one reason. The second reason is the Biden people were aware from early on that, look, Joe Biden is an elderly guy. Here is a charismatic young woman. Uh, if she gets sent to stage, uh, you know, the possibility that, that Joe Biden could be overshadowed by her uh, was too too great. Uh, so I think that's why she's been had more of an invisible role. And that's why, uh, at least in part, she was given the thankless task of trying to figure out the southern border in the United States. A question from one of our listeners. Is there still time for a late, credible alternative to emerge from either party? At this stage, it is too late for for anyone who's not there. Now, again, uh, as we said, I think the possibility still is there that, that, that Trump gets uh, ensnared in things uh, and somebody comes forward. If Biden, for health or for whatever other reasons, uh, were to you know to decide not to run, uh, Democrats would have to settle on somebody quickly uh, and push them forward. But the reality of American politics is, uh, you know, that you need to raise so much money. The process takes so long. It's a permanent election. Uh, I don't think either of those possibilities is likely. Larry Donnelly, law lecturer at the University of Galway, columnist with the journal.ie. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.